Good morning, everybody. It is good to be with you here this morning in the house of the Lord. What a difference a week makes, amen? Last week it was cold, and boy, that wind was blowing, that cold, wet, freezing stuff was flying. Had uh, two baptisms last Sunday, which was a beautiful, blessed time. Joe told me, you sure can pick them, can't you? You pick days where, Joe, Joe, what about today? Huh? What about today? This is a great day that the Lord has blessed us with, and we had the, today we're going to have a baby dedication. What a glorious time today and last week was. We are blessed with the opportunities that God gives us and the blessings that He gives to us uh, here these first couple months of the year. Lots of stuff going on, and it is a beautiful day that God has blessed us with out there today, and a beautiful day to be with you here this morning in the house of the Lord. If you want to go ahead and turn to today's text, it is Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. You may recognize that because Rinda and uh, Rusty, that was, this, that was in there today, and that's what we're going to read here in just a little bit. Luke chapter 18, verse 15 through 17, so if you're there, go ahead and give me an Amen. All right, if you're not there, get there. We'll get to that real quick here in just a little bit. As always, I'm thankful and blessed for the opportunity that God gives to me to to share His Word with you briefly today because I know we got a lot going on and we got a baby dedication going on, so uh, it won't be very long. Well, up here I'm not very long-winded, but unless the Lord says otherwise. But I'm thankful for God's opportunity and your opportunity that you've blessed me with to share with you today. Thankful for His amazing grace and thankful for His love and His compassion. Thankful for, for the blessing of children. Uh, it is, uh, I, I, I just kind of shake my head every time that little herd of them comes rolling up here for the puppets. Well, that's a bunch of little ones, isn't it? Oh, God has blessed us with a great, great responsibility with that blessing as well. And we'll get to that in a message today and throughout the time of uh, the dedication service today. Sarah, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? All right, holding that baby, rocking back and forth, look at you, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Ricky, who's got him better than we do? Nobody, amen. Let the children come to Jesus is our, is our title of today's message, and it's a child dedication little message we got here today. And the summary of the message today, that usually I have some points, we really don't have any points today, but just one major point that we want to look at today through the overall message and through the dedication service that we have today, is this, in their innocence and in their teachability and in many other ways, children are our models for kingdom living. Now, we're going to get to that here in just a little bit, but we're going to read our passage right off the bat today. So if you go ahead and stand, we'll read God's Word today as we read Luke chapter 18, verse 15 through 17. And Luke chapter, 15, chapter 18, verse 15 through 17 says this. And then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. But Jesus called to them and said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Father, thank you for your word today, and thank you for the, the blessing of your word today, and thank you for the words of Jesus, Father. As we're reminded, Lord, of, of a childlike faith, as we're reminded of a childlike heart, Lord, as we're reminded of the beauty and the blessing of children today, Father, I pray that our hearts would be more childlike, Lord. We remember fondly back when we were children, and life was so much easier. 
We're reminded, Father, of the, the faith that we had in You. And the faith that we had in our parents. We're reminded, Lord, each and every day, Lord, as we look into their lives and we look into their hearts of the blessing of children, I pray that Your Spirit would bless this time today, Father, as You have blessed us in the past. I pray, Father, that You would bless Your Word and our reading and our understanding of it today. Pray, Father, that Your Holy Spirit would have its way within this time, within our lives, and within this week to come within our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. All right. In their innocence, their teachability, and in many other ways, children are models for kingdom living. Amen. There's a Russian writer named Fyodor Dostoevsky. They never have anything that's John Smith or anything like that, Taylor. Fyodor Dostoevsky. And he wrote this. He lived from 1821 to 1881. And he said this. He said, and this is true. I can tell you by experience, this is very true. The soul is healed by the presence of children. You can break that down a little bit more in what the Americans saying here is nothing brings a house to life like a baby in the house. Amen? It's a flurry of activity and a flurry of joy. The soul is healed by the presence of children. And it is a wonderful and a beautiful thing for parents to want to dedicate their children to the Lord and to commit themselves to the raising of their child or children in the knowledge of God. You see, we live in a world that, is, uh, that benefits from the values of our Christian faith that contributed to the formation of our culture. Values like loving your neighbor as yourself, caring for the poor, social welfare, even the founding of hospitals. But that same culture has largely left behind the God who is the author of life and is quickly and surely pushing more of God out of our culture day by day. That's the world, isn't it? That's the world, isn't it? Being the world. And we know that. We know that. As we press on as the church of the living God, we are called to be the hands. We are called to be the feet. We are called to be the heart of Jesus and ambassadors of His grace and His goodness. Now, this is a high calling, amen? So is raising our children. There is no higher calling on this face of this earth. You think being a preacher is a high calling? You try parenting. That is the highest responsibility, the highest calling that God has given to us. So is raising our children in a way that they have the opportunity to see our genuine love of God. And in many ways, knowing uh, that knowing God greatly improves our lives. Our children will choose for themselves. There will come a point in time in their life where they will choose for themselves if they will follow Jesus. But we have the privilege. We have the awesome responsibility of doing our best to raise them so that they know God. The children, as we've learned from our text today, are very, very very important to Jesus. Amen? In his day, children were not considered central to religious life. And they were just kind of like Renda said. You know, they just kind of an afterthought there. Uh, and we see that reflected in the attitudes of Jesus' disciples. And these disciples who were very much still learning the ways of Jesus. They tried to prevent the parents. Tried to stop the parents from bringing babies to Jesus for him to bless them by the laying on of his hands. They actually rebuked them, criticized them, 
sharply, suggesting that the disciples believed that the, that the parents really should know better than to bother Jesus with this. But those parents understood this. We must understand this. Jesus has something good to offer those children. And Jesus has something good to offer our children as well. And they're right, of course. What, what is Jesus' response to the attitude of the disciples? Rather than sending them away, he does the opposite and calls the children to come to me. Bring them to me, he says. Bring them to me. He calls for the children to come to him to bless them and pray for them and uses that moment to teach an incredibly important lesson that we can imagine would have stunned the disciples. And the rest of those who were present there because the lesson was completely the opposite, completely different than what was commonly taught in that day. And there's a great line from, from uh, the chosen, you better get used to different. And when you're dealing with Jesus, you better get used to different. There are some very important lessons that Jesus teaches here. He says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. We see the heart of Jesus here. We see the heart of Jesus is wide open for children. Jesus wants the children to come to Him and to have a relationship with God through Him. We're not to hinder. We're not to block the children to create barriers that make it difficult for them to come to Jesus. Now, if we're not supposed to do that, what kind of hinders them from coming to Jesus? Well, right off of the bat, in the passage that we read today, we can see that adults can block children by their attitudes toward them. We make assumptions, like the assumption that Jesus has no time for them. And with these assumptions are wrong. We need to make sure that we don't put barriers around kids coming to Jesus. Now, for us in, in, in this church, as we gather to worship on Sundays, we have a very central program designed for the children, which means that we best not view children being children as an irritation. We best not see them as lesser than they are or lesser than us. I read a devotion this week and the author wrote this. He said, I was at a church gathering a number of years back and I watched uh, from the pew behind a woman. I was off to the right of her just a little bit and I saw that uh, she slowly became more and more irritated throughout the service by the children in the service who were asking questions of their parents and they were, had to get up and go to the bathroom and making little sounds like they took him out there. That, that, let me tell you something. You want to know the sound of a dying church? There's a church with no children in it making noise. She became more and more irritated throughout the service by the children in the service who were asking questions or moving around or going to the bathroom or a very young one was letting out a yelp over here or there. And this middle-aged woman was clearly on the verge of losing control of herself, showing with utterance of disgust and vigorous head shaking just how deeply she disliked the freedom the children were given at that church. The children's freedom just to be children. That should teach us something. Number one, that's the sound of a dying church. No church with no children. That should teach us something. As disciples of Jesus, we need to learn to control our inner little voice inside of our head. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I battle that inner voice on a regular basis. That is the most sarcastic voice I've ever heard in my life. Is that one that is in here. 
We need to learn to control that. That's a battlefield in our mind. That little inner voice in our heads, as well as our responses to the children around us. You see, children are learning. They're learning that self-control, that appropriate social behavior. I saw a Casey girl come get savvy over there, and I was poking around on Zoe over there saying, hey, 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 we're praying. That's how we teach them that. They are learning that self-control and appropriate social behaviors. And that's a big part of being a kid is having to learn that and being able to learn that. And that is a big part as a parent, as a grandparent, or as caretakers to teach them that. We need to let them be children as they are learning. And that means we need to embrace what children bring to our worship services. We better recognize just what a blessing a church full of children really is. We better recognize what a blessing. Like I said, I smile and, and just kind of grin and thank the Lord every time I see that little herd come up here. We need to embrace what children bring to our worship gathering. So, if we need to embrace that, what do they bring? What do they bring? What do they bring to the table? We've got a potluck going on after, after the service today. You are cordially invited to stick around. And partake of that. And what's the thing about a potluck is, is you bring something to the table, don't you? Zoe called it a church luck today. We having a church luck today? I said, yes, we are. That's, a, that's, a, that's the core of a potluck. What do you bring to the table? So what do children bring to the table as far as our, our service goes here? In the words of Jesus today, from our text today, it's very specific that, G, that children, according to Jesus are our role models for kingdom living. There again, sometimes you've got to get used to different. The tide is turned there and the tables are turned there. We try to be the role model for them. There is a role model learning there for us as well, according to Jesus. Children are our role models for kingdom living. Parents, do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. I see you. I see you. I like to hang out by these doors back here just as long as I can. Cindy comes running back here saying, I've been looking for you all over the place. It's not that hard. I'm either at this door or I'm at that door because I see you. I see you. I see you. Do not be discouraged. I like to stay there as far as possible. I see how frazzled you are. I see that look in your eyes. I understand the effort that you have put forth to get them up to get them fed, to get them dressed, to get them in the car, and get them to church. Do not give up. I've always said this about Tina, bless her heart. She had all those four little girls. She would come in here like a tornado. I see you. Don't give up. I see how frazzled you are. I see you. I salute you. I praise God for you. I praise God for you. I praise God for your effort. I know you may be running late. I know you may be running on fumes. I know you may be running out of patience. Keep it up. They are worth the effort. I see you. And more importantly, God sees you. And more importantly, they see you. So hear me again. 
saying that children are welcome to be children within our services. They are free to get up and go to the bathroom if they have to because they've got very small bladders. That happens when you're a child and when you're almost 60. I may cut my eyes at you as you try to head out the bathroom, but give them children that patience. They're free to move around. And of course, the parents and guardians are giving them directions. You know, don't let them run amok. They are welcome to be here and to engage in our worship service as children. We have Sunday school for the young ones. Get those youngins in Sunday school. It is so very important. I cannot stress to you enough how much those lessons are life lessons that stick with them the rest of their lives. It's the very foundation of their faith that is built in that section of Sunday school. I'll let you in on a little secret. The easiest way to get your child involved in Sunday school is to get yourself involved in the Sunday school. Make it a priority. We have Sunday school for those youngins. Get them into Sunday school. We have children's church for the little ones, not to remove them from our service, but so that our Sunday school teachers, our children's church volunteers, can give them age-appropriate Christian education lessons and discipleship. I'm so thankful for the team of teachers and the church instructors, the children's church instructors, as well as Joyce, who is the, the, the oversees all of the education ministry that we have here. So we let the children come to Jesus. We are not to hinder them. Mark's gospel says this. Is it, Mark's gospel is understood to reflect the gospel preaching and the teaching of Simon Peter. And it's interesting that he noticed and mentioned an additional little detail, likely because Simon Peter probably felt the sting of it. In Mark 10, 13, he write, uh, uh, Mark writes this, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them, and when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Indignant means this, very, very displeased. Not happy at all. It's clear that Peter saw Jesus' great displeasure and felt the sting of it because Simon Peter had seen this before and felt that before. Jesus was deeply troubled by, his negative attitude, by this negative attitude toward children and even this assumption that he would not have time for children. Clearly, they were missing something. Next, Jesus gives the reason for us to let the children come to him and not to hinder them. He specifically says this, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? How does the kingdom of heaven belong to children and those who are like children? Well, let's think here. What are children like? On top of being open-hearted and inquisitive, children are needy, amen? They are very needy, ain't they, Tina? Hannah, can I get an amen? <laughs> they are very needy and dependent and here's the bottom line, they know it. If they didn't have you, they'd starve to death. If they didn't have you, they wouldn't have clothes. They are very needy and dependent, and they know it instinctively. They don't presume, most of them, to, 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 to give the idea that they know everything about life and everything else. They need to be taught, and deep down, they know this. Children are learning about life. Children function mostly on emotion, don't they? 
They function mostly on emotion rather than reason. And children have humble learning minds because as if they are teachable. They're, they're like little sponges. They just soak up all the things that you tell them. And you may think, I'm not getting a word in her. There's nothing sticking in this child. But it does, I'm telling you firsthand. Children have great potential. So yes, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, to those who possess childlike faith, not to those who are childish, let's set that right here, but those who possess a childlike faith. Children have a total dependence upon, on, and, and through, on their parents and have full trust. Every little child trusts their parents and it is because parents love their children more than anything else. A parent's love. A parent's love brings children's trust, and that's why total dependency comes from absolute trust. So Jesus is saying this, that adults in becoming citizens of the kingdom of heaven must have the trusting, loving characteristics of a child. So love, simplicity of faith, innocence, and above all, humility are the ideal characteristics of little children, and those are the characteristics that we have to have as well as subjects of the kingdom. Children are our models for the kingdom living. So far from looking down on them, so far from looking down on them, we must welcome them, include them, and yes, look to them. Watch them. You ever sit and just listen to them laugh? Huh? We have the girls just about every weekend, and Joe... It's so hard. I've warned you this time and time again. Not just you, Joe. I'm talking to everybody now. But you've got all them granddaughters, Joe. And my word, it can really wear on a man's nerves from time to time, can't it? Oh, it is so easy to slide into grumpy old man syndrome. It is so easy to slide into grumpy older lady syndrome. It's, that's that little voice that pops in here from time to time. And we've got to fight that like the Dickens. Do not be a grumpy old man. I sit in there and I'm just... And, and then the Lord kind of gets a hold of me a little bit and says... That's right. And that's, that's one of the hardest things about parenting is this. You blink and they're grown. The Lord gets a hold of me and says... You're not listening to the right thing. Listen to how they laugh. Listen to how they laugh and listen to the, the innocence in that laugh and the, the beauty of that laugh. Don't slide into that grumpy old man or grumpy old woman syndrome. And I know, I know parents, it's difficult for you. I know. It's hard, isn't it, Ty? Huh? It's hard, isn't it? My goodness. But I promise you this, it's worth the effort. God, God has given you such a blessed opportunity. He has given you one of His greatest, in my mind, it's the greatest creation of God as a baby. He has placed that responsibility in you to feed it, to clothe it, to love it, and above all, to point that child to Jesus. So far from looking down on children, we must welcome them. 
We must bless them and we must see them for the blessing that they are. Watch them as we are seeking to grow as disciples of Jesus. Because there's a lot to learn from children. Here's a scripture passage that is a deep and powerful reflection by King David. Who was a man after God's own heart. And who despite his many flaws. Had a deep, trusting, loving, dependent relationship upon God. Here he reflects on God's loving care of him. As he, David, was able was being created. In Psalms 139, 13-16, David writes this. For you created me in my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be created. Did you get that? All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God created us. God oversaw every aspect of our creation. Our body, mind, spirit, all of our organic and emotional and spiritual complexity. And we are complex people, amen? He literally composed our innermost spirit and being. He fashioned us in our mother's womb with intent and purpose to become precisely who we are today. You are fearfully, you are wonderfully made. You are awesomely and fearfully and fearfully and lovingly put together for a purpose. And God knows and has ordained all of our days. This is God. This is God. And this is the God that Jesus taught us wants to be known as Abba. Abba. Abba is an Aramaic word, an intimate word like daddy for father. The word Abba was used by Jesus and the Apostle Paul to talk about God. And this helps to give us insight into the nature of the relationship that God wants to have with us. Knowing that we are His children. Trusting Him because we know He loves us and know that He cares for us. God wants us to come close as a child so easily does to their own Father, your daddy, your Abba. So, let me wrap this up. So we may hear what God is saying to us today through the scriptures. May we celebrate today. May we celebrate both the children dedicated today and all of the children in our midst. And may we embrace our own belovedness by God, our Father, revealed so perfectly to us. In Jesus Christ, amen.